This is Greg Harmon of Deceleration, Deceleration.news, an online journal speaking to our shared ecological, political, and cultural crises, seeking out the roots of human and planetary insecurity, a movement beyond resistance in pursuit of a sustainable peace. So this is part of a series of podcasts we're doing dedicated to San Antonio's climate action and adaptation plan, uh, a city effort to rapidly reduce our climate pollution while preparing our residents for rapidly escalating extreme weather being brought about by fossil fuel-driven human industry and agriculture. Earlier today, we spoke with representatives of Pocasito, the post-carbon cities of tomorrow, an initiative of the Washington, D.C.-based Ecologic Institute, which is dedicated to building transatlantic solidarity and intellectual exchange around local creative efforts for a renewable economy and planet. So we thought it was a good fit. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't do a very good job of uh, distinguishing who was speaking and when. There's six uh, at the table with myself and Marisol, but we do open with Brendan O'Donnell and Max Gruning of the Institute, and later in the conversation, uh, you'll meet Charlotte Lovera and Camille Chapuis, as well as Mauro Gilfournier and Luis Calderon. We hope you enjoy. You know, we wanted to introduce Pocasito and and just spell out what A to Infinity is, if you want to speak to that briefly or I believe Max uh, mentioned Pocasito is stands for Post Carbon Cities of of Tomorrow. Um, this is, of course, two things. One, it's a reference to resources, uh, carbon resources, and our uh, addiction is in in America, especially, but all over the world, in the industrial world, to that. So post-carbon is not so much uh, an attempt to say this is wrong, this is a terrible thing, but as a way to think what are the new resources? Once we are post-carbon, what will these resources be? So, And then, of course, with the tomorrow, uh, focusing on the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Eight to Infinity is the second iteration of our Pocasito in the U.S. project. The first one uh, was six cities uh, from Europe and six cities from the United States. This iteration is eight cities from Europe and eight cities from the United States. And the eight to infinity is a, uh, so the eight represents these eight cities in each area. But then what we like is the idea of that eight being turned on its side so that it becomes like this infinity, this Mobius strip, if you will. And within that Mobius strip, you've got two circles, right? Two circles that, that can help be regenerative, that, that are all about um, creating uh, a future uh, for itself, but one that's uh, sustainable because it's not relying on one direction, monodirectional resources like carbon. So that's where the eight to infinity comes from. Uh, the topic of circular economy is one that we decided to approach this year, but we approach it in a way that might be a little different. Uh, one, when we talk about economy, we talk about the relationship with resources. And by that, you know, as I, I alluded to with post-carbon being about imagining new resources, we want to talk about material resources, natural resources, uh, social resources, individual resources. Uh, 
so that that's what we mean by economy. We don't mean just business making money. And then with the circular idea, the point was, you know, we see society uh, with these pillars that we rely on, right? And these pillars, we might select a few and, and notice government or city administration, community organizations, small businesses or business in general, and research institutions or, or those who are doing development, new ideas. And so what we were, we've talked about doing is trying to round these pillars, right, so that they support each other, that they're not taking up the slack, you know, because that becomes overburdensome in, on specific areas. But if we round these pillars so that they're all forming together uh, this circle, then then what we have is this potential for something that truly is, I believe, inclusive and, and sustainable. Now, um, the issue there, of course, becomes what are the points of entry into a circle, right? How do we make sure it's not closed off? And so that's where the people we've invited from Europe come into play, because I think in a lot of ways they represent these nodes, these points where these where these pillars can round and join each other. That's yeah. what I wanted to ask folks, kind of individually, because we talked and got into details about missions and, and, and structures of organizations, but I wonder um, if each of you could very succinctly maybe say how the work that you do, you know, how you define circular or, re, or re, re, regenerative economy and how that uh, is reflected in your work, just in a very clear way that people understand. And maybe introduce, say, this is so and so speaking, and then the people listening will. Yeah, I can start. Okay. Um, I can start with an example because um, we we worked for a, a project. It was about a small house near Nice. It's a city in the south of France, mm -hmm. and um, we. It was a kind of project, like a manifesto project, where we wanted to experiment a lot of things. And uh, we experimented the reusing of the roof tile. In these uh, houses, we needed to remove the roof because uh, it was off. So we removed the, the tile and we crushed, we crushed the tile and we mixed with uh, cement mortar to, to create an ornamental concrete and to, put, and to, to draw the terrace with it. And um, ornamental concrete uh, was, um, was with a pattern which was uh, inspired from the floor, the inside floor of the house, which was uh, which has been drawn by the owner of the house. So, in a way, each were uh, everything was circular because the the roof. The, the the terrace and the story of the the material, the yeah, story, the yeah, sun, yeah. the people. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have a very particular um, vision or thought in terms of what uh, regenerative in your work? Um, for me, it, it's like, name it as circular economy or circular whatever, it, it's, it's like, sorry, but this is more complex than that. And so uh, I like to talk about this thing of, of the urban assemblage, that is how the things are 
not put it together, but how, how it works. So for example, when you design a space in a community or a building or a ministry or whatever, like, like these five questions, very easy you have to, to think. It's not only about the design of the space, it's how, how is the mobility of the space? How are you going to, to go to this space? Uh, how is going to be food and, and, the, and the people is going to, to, uh, yeah, to, to make the, sorry, like the food stuff. Also, how are going to go into the recycle? Not only the construction, I'm in the, in the livable every day of the, of the space, no? And how is going to be the energy in the space at the cares of the people working or doing whatever thing. So this, this thing of, of complexity of thinking in this, uh, at the same time, simultaneously, it, it's more for us about how, how we think in the development. It could be in a very easy space of, of a community or a complex and Camille and, and Luis, you know, we're speaking more in terms of maybe labor and cooperative um, organization. Mm. Well, I have a thought about that, and actually, it's just coming now. Um, Those are the best think, kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for asking this. Um, I think that in we share what is very important, and that's which help us to uh, circular, circular economy, is that one of our thing, and we. We want to do, each time we do a project, an event, a workshop, we are documenting everything we do. So we have this open source thing within WeShare so that everyone in WeShare can reuse what has been done already and just improve it. Mm -hmm. That's really something that we, we, we believe in and we want to focus on. So as an example, we organize a WeShare Fest, which is our main event that gathers around 3,000 people in Paris, Rio, Barcelona, Medellin. And actually, we build this toolkit so that anyone could reuse it. So that instead of just like starting from the ground and that's understanding how logistics works and stuff, we, we've made that. There is also this part of uh, connecting people. That every time you connect people, you 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 simplify the way so that they have the info. So I'm talking with you guys today, and tomorrow we'll talk about something, and we'll re-talk about what we've talked. So then they will get connected, and and this is I think very important. So that's. Everything is linked, I think, topics and people, and that's, you just need people to, to go through and speak about it. Mm -hmm. And the third, the third thing we do also is that, of course, zero waste, we have a kit that we reuse, um, that we land, that we rent, so that it's not like just like rebuilt and rebuilt, and it's really something that's mm -hmm. for the common. And I think common is also circular economy because you go back in the common always and you improve them and then people can reuse it. So, yeah. Well, in, in our case, uh, circular economy and sustainability, more than, more than a final objective or the end of the trip, it uh, takes part of our DNA. When when we first got together to put this project um, to work, um, everyone in, a, in their lives had these concepts as usual as day-to-day -day, um, way, way to live. So, um, for example, in, in this kind of, of buildings with so long time, with no activity, the work we had to do was huge. So, um, had a um, uh, hundred of square meters of walls that had to be made. Mm -hmm. um, there was a collective inside our group 
that suggested to make it uh, in some sustainable way in order to be um, compatible with the building, the ability to be removed, uh, not, um, not contaminant, things like that. So we used uh, straw bales with um, finest with um, bioplaster. So it's a um, the wall can breathe and, and it's uh, it's really sustainable. One one example. Um, there are several collectives there, like Taller de Jabones. It's like a soap workshop that um, recycles the oil from the neighborhood to make this kind of uh, creams and beauty and so. Um, Bicycles. We have a workshop that people can make with the bicycle they are not using. We take that uh, machine apart, take that pieces to be used for all the people who came. So I broke my chain. Something we have like a little bit of that. Lizard. Cool. And actually, that kind of segues into a question that was on my mind, which is that I think in the U.S. we don't hear that much about the idea of a circular economy. It's it's there, but it's kind of more of like uh, an alternative paradigm that's sort of on even marginal to like it, mainstream environmental movements or environmental justice movements. Uh, so, you know, very, very small movements like Transition Town or mm -hmm. Permaculture kind of have some of those ideas. Or it's sort of siloed in specific academic disciplines like um, I was introduced as an undergrad to uh, Bill McDonough's book, um, Cradle to Cradle, but like where he talks a lot about those kinds of ideas, but like aside from that, you don't really hear about those ideas. Uh, they're not very mainstream. And um, so I was just wondering like how extensive or how institutionally taken up within government or within um, popular movements, is the model of the circular economy in Europe like, and why do you feel like it's, or if you feel it's been more taken up, why is that versus here in the U.S. where we don't really hear that much about it? Well, I, I think we have similar issues in Europe too, where you know there's a lot of people here that they think about waste and recycling only, mm -hmm. and they want to only talk about waste streams. And that's, of course, an important part, but it's not at all what the whole idea entails. And, and especially when we talk about, I wouldn't say maybe breaking the economic structures, but reinventing economic structures, and especially bringing ideas like from re regenerative agriculture into uh, basically the economy, into our cities, into our communities, about not having these boom-bust linear uh, developments, mm -hmm. but about thinking about ecosystems when mm -hmm. we think about our society. That is something that even in Europe is not fully mm -hmm. in yeah. place, but I would also agree that it's maybe a little bit further and yeah. maybe closer to mainstream. It definitely depends who you're talking to. I would assume that if you talk more to uh, industry representatives or high-level politicians, you hear more uh, of the more linear thinking than of the actually deep circular economy. Thinking. Right, right. Yeah. 
doesn't make sense. And if I can just add to that, I think sometimes, and this is my background with language and, and art a little bit, but sometimes these terminologies become off-putting to the exact people we're trying to communicate with, uh -huh. which is one reason I, I always mention that by economy, we mean our relationship with resources right. rather than, you know, Dow Jones index or some yeah. corporate measurement of profit. And we see the same thing in other areas of environmental of the environmental movement. Mm -hmm. We've written uh, somewhat extensively on energy and for example they have this term energy security, which yeah. creates this very defensive, almost uh, violent relationship. And that can be off-putting to people who are not normally or who've been excluded from the power structures so that they don't feel like there is that access point for them to participate. This is something that I do feel, I've lived in Europe for quite a while, about nine years, and I do feel that uh, citizens on the street feel more connected to the broader society than I felt, personally at least, when I lived in the United States full time. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is this reliance on large power structures in the United States. Uh, I also think we were in Pittsburgh recently, there was someone talking about recycling and how in the early 2000s this co-mingled recycling happened. This pushed people even further away from really understanding the process of uh, breaking down consumption and understanding what recycling uh, and materials actually are. It just became one more bin that everything went into. So I think there's, there is some structural, but I think a lot of it is, is systemic. Yeah. And kind of relatedly, like, um, you know, if you look at some of the, the writing about circular economy on the, you know, you know, you do a Google search or whatnot and you see the, the main hits that come up, uh, you know, it, it almost seems like it's a solution that's primarily kind of for industry level people or, you know, very technical solution for governments. How does, um, how does the idea of the circular economy function from the bottom up? Like, how have you seen communities organize around it and sort of take it up on a very local level in their own lives? Well, let's, uh, let's be clear. Um, large companies and circular economy, they have not a good match. So uh, in the way that um, these large companies has influence in the government, in the administration, it's going to be really difficult to see um, regulations that permits that the initiatives take uh, place. So in the in, in the measure that um, that people can with their vote modificate the, the party who is going to make that regulations, mm -hmm. perhaps we can later see new ways of uh, the laws and what's permitted and what's promote things like that. Yeah. But by now, uh, the landscape is, uh, is, is complex. If the um, popular initiatives, and, uh, we got um, enough um, critical mass of people, um, it's, going, it's difficult to think that this is going to happen. But this kind of initiatives, like today, in this beautiful place, 
perhaps can change a couple of minds. Um, for me, it's, I mean, uh, European Commission, it's plenty on circular economy. I mean, it's all the time, every place, circular economy. So for civic and citizen initiatives, it's not, I think, more, I mean, not all about circular economy. It's about the growth, it's about consumption, it's about closerness, I mean, it's that. So we cannot use circular economy to talk about how are we going to, I mean, fish in the seas, going to Spain, to Madrid, I mean, all these all these kind of things. So the, 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 yeah, the way of, of thinking economy and the way of thinking urban transformation, it's totally different. I mean, it's not, it's a controversial stuff between the growth, closeness, and circular economy, Commission European, and that stuff. So in, in this controversy, we have to build what, what we can imagine about economy, no? Uh, but for example, it's also a good tool to understand other transformations. No? We, we are involved in, in a project in Madrid that is called Mares of Madrid. Mares means seas. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of Europe, it's a circular economy process. In terms of Madrid, it's a very social economy, feminist economy process, very local with, with communities that wants to or, or can imagine a way to work and to afford uh, living with the things they like to do in the sense of closerness and all the stuff. So I think it's, uh, I mean, this tension, this controversial will uh, maintain in the future, but if it's a, a word or a term that allow us to think further, mm -hmm. uh, you know, welcome to, to develop things. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like from the bottom up, it's much more about kind of imagining uh, ways of um, uh, new kinds of social interactions or new form new forms of relationship to land or resources that might not even exist yet. Mm, I think they exist already. Uh -huh. I mean, I, a lot of them, maybe not all, but I think that first, so you have to bottom up things happening. Okay, we want this. We want people to take care of things, etc. But we need also the city to promote these kind of things mm -hmm. because local um, consuming consuming locally or uh, not using your car th that are the thing that the city need to promote but in I think in France it's not at all the case and that's they're like not yet into this process and thinking resilient you know like how a city become resilient and how can if there is a crash maybe how can it be rebuilt by itself and this is not something they are thinking about it's it's mm -hmm. still into business as usual and right. that's so, yeah, it's complicated. And I mean, we had a lot of events in France lately, like the one in charge of the environmental parts of the government left. Mm -hmm. So just like, okay, what do we do? So a lot of people started uh, go out on the street in Paris, in Marseille, in Rouen, like everywhere in France. And I think it, it was also a, a planet day, so everyone was, was up, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it's now a movement, so every Sunday or every one month Sunday, people go on the street and protest and because, okay, it's French, typical stuff, but we believe that first you need this bottom-up, but then the city needs to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think more and more it's coming, because in Paris there is the Institute of Circular Economy, mm -hmm. which is a kind of place which promotes a startup. 
uh, which are working about uh, circular economy. And it's, I don't know if it's for, uh, with the uh, money of the city or of the state, but it's really kind of uh, institution uh, yeah. stuff. So maybe more uh, little by little. Yeah, yeah. What I think is important in these processes, and you know, we all acknowledge the importance of the cities and to support and forward, these initiatives that are generally, and at best, citizen-based, uh, that they don't become institutionalized, which then cuts off their potential, right? And that they maintain this citizen-generated evolution rather than something that fulfills somebody else's or some other objective. And that's why what we really try to do with Pocasito it started, Max started this project in 2013, right, with, with, in Europe as a best practices exchange among city administrations in different cities in, mm -hmm. in the EU, which is great, and it's a, a network that to this day is still working together and finding ways to collaborate, which is great. But what we developed this project into is a, an exchange that isn't based on these city initiatives, yeah. but rather on people who are doing their own research, finding their own projects, creating their own businesses. And that's what we want to find and connect with when we come to San Antonio. Yeah. I, I mentioned this thing about telling new stories, and uh, you know, one of the reasons we're in San Antonio, what it's amazingly the development the growth in San Antonio is famous yeah it's talked about all over the country um, it's a very large city which comes as a shock to the fastest to, growing large city right and that's a surprise to a lot of people and but at the same time it's celebrating this 300th anniversary of, of the settling of the city and this becomes a point where the past and the future are kind of intersecting. So we think it's a perfect time to come here, talk to people, see where the citizens want, or what they want that story to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go yeah. yeah. There's definitely a transition to this. To the, can we just transition? I was just going to say, I mean, it's definitely, we're in a period of that kind of reflection here also, and I think the one, the 300 years uh, prompted, it's also 300 years of colonization. Mm -hmm. So there's also a strong indigenous, you know, response to that. Uh, there's a lot of reflection, uh, you know, it's, it's a time, it's like to look inside, I guess, and particularly because we're developing our first climate plan in San Antonio. You know, uh, in the U.S., we're a little slow. You mentioned some of our um, consumption patterns and fossil fuel um, addictions and exports. And, um, but this process, the climate planning, is really interesting because we are having conversations about resilience, social resilience. And, um, and, and I try to bring that into that conversation uh, where I see it kind of lacking. But, and I, I appreciate what Louise was saying about kind of these individual connections that happen along the way as you do this work. Uh, we just had the Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco, which is really a recognition that state, nation states are, have failed, right, to, to really engage and commit and move Paris goals or setting goals that are too low to begin with. But so we're looking at local organi organizing, regional collective, um, maybe to the state at, um, not nation state, but Not state. Texas, but other states. <laughs> um, and 
but this is also interesting. It comes at a time where the transatlantic relationship is under a lot of stress and a lot of strain also um, because of President Trump and kind of moving against NATO, moving against EU, and just in, and embracing kind of autocratic tendencies in other, in other states. But So do you find, I, I imagine when you think about your messaging coming into Texas uh, in this uh, international kind of this shifting kind of international power relations... Do you think do you think about the language differently, um, or is it? I mean, you're already deep at a local messaging. So, so of course, we're not trying to influence or engage in, in politics or in international politics or national politics. So our purpose is really to transmit these, basically, connect people with ideas and experiences, and just sharing that. And, and hopefully also connecting people at the individual level or at the local level with their local groups. And uh, of course, our visit is very time limited. Yeah, you, you notice that. But we hope to expand this, to extend this beyond this time frame uh, with our online community. Of course, we also hope to come back. We've had that in previous tours also where people had then follow-up exchanges that were either organized by us or not. And that's also part of the whole Procedure approach is to, you know, we just set something on the ground here and then it's not clear what will come out of this. So it's in a way, a lot of this is just... Um, up to everybody participating on both sides. And I think that's very exciting. Some people get scared by this, and very often, especially city administration, they ask, what are the outcomes? Yeah. And how can you tell this before the meeting happens, mm -hmm. right? You don't know, maybe people will click or maybe not. And that's exactly that. So we have very positive experiences that also keeps us going because we see that it works, we see that it actually gives actually people a lot of, um, well, results later on, but it's not really planned in detail what comes out of this. Yeah. Well, I and hope you felt welcome yeah. coming into San Antonio because you can hit those, I know those bumps in administration. And, and yeah, and, and we learn to live with that and to embrace that basically. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of, in that regard, we're totally with this, uh, okay, we don't have to go for national politics or state-level politics. We bring people together and want to help build community. That's really the purpose. Yeah, and like you said, you know, <clears throat> building that community but not limiting it geographically. When you talk about these regional cooperatives or organizations as well, we see the transatlantic potential for those kinds of relationships at the same time. Yeah. And so, yes, there are international fissures or you know, difficulties in the relationship, maybe on the larger level, but just as we like to reimagine, redefine what community is and can be, we also think that relationship can be defined by the citizens from each mm -hmm. place rather than who happens to be in what, mm -hmm. what state house mm -hmm. at the moment. And I think also being a larger group with different people already collaborating together, you get legitimate to go to the public administration saying, hey guys, we are already together, we are making things already, so you need to, to go in the boats, if not, that it, it will be problematic for them, 
and because the city won't, the citizens won't follow the city anymore because they felt some power being in a big crowd. So yep. I think it's. I think that's how we got a commitment from our climate planning process from our mayor's office to go to the more. We were going to create two plans, a two a two degree plan and a one point five degree plan, but as soon as our bureaucrats came back, and I don't mean that derisively, but as soon as our planners, bureaucrats came back from San Francisco, it was clear everybody was doing 1.5 and, and there was not a political possibility of us going to anything less, so. That's great. Yeah, for me, the, the question is how, for example, in San Antonio, and what, what you mentioned about the plans, is, is how we, I mean, I think we, 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 we really, we need to influence uh, politics. I mean, I'm not Pocasito, I am big, but we as, as, as citizens, we need that. The question is how we can take not only better decisions, how we can take decisions in a more uh, inclusive and different way. How we work with the difference and how we can to manage the yeah, the balance in, in different questions. You know? How we talk about this river, renovation, the water stuff, the marketplace, the, the building uh, yeah, market, but also the tourists, I mean, this, this kind of, of complexity here. So the question is how we, yeah, little uh, make more softer the institutionality of decision, and not only like you participate in the question of the institution. So we, we, we talk, and for us it's a very important like concept, about the institutionality of the processes. Yeah. So this question is okay. It's not about the plan of the San Antonio environment. Let's talk about specific scenes with a specific projects with a specific people. Mm-hmm. And let's begin with that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the evolution, for me, it's more circular, that stuff. Because if not plans say things that five years later mm-hmm. it's out of date or for whatever things, I mean, this kind of question. So. Yeah, for a more, I think, direct democracy, uh, we have to think in how we could make space to take decisions, mm-hmm. more people together. Mm-hmm. And that's very complex, but I think that's the only uh, way to understand resiliency, to understand eco-social transformation, and understand these, these huge points, I think, we are uh, on that. Yeah, that's very important. Thank you for having I wanted to, oh, go ahead. Sorry, if I may, I think also there is something about democratizing, like democratize these topics, because we are all here aware of the things, what is happening, what could happen, how can we do that, but there is also a huge crowd, which is not, I mean, the topics are not mainstream yet, so how do you uh, spread this knowledge, this, this reflection, and I think it's a very hard thing. I mean, in France, I think it's something also yeah. that we, it's super hard to make it like ecology. It's a topic that everyone needs to be interested in. When you say that, yeah, I'm, 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 I care about the environment and stuff. They're all like, it's, that's nice, cool, that you, we need people like this. But hey, you, you can do it also. So that's very, how do you, do you make it mainstream, mm-hmm. yeah. I think? How do you make it mainstream, but really uh, sincerely? Mm. I mean, uh, not uh, just to to be beautiful and mm. and green, and mm. because it's good to be green, but uh, like really, how do you do it uh, deeply? Yeah. In a way? Yeah. And maybe if I can just ask one more question, I think it kind of relates to what you're saying. Um, like, it's really easy to imagine 
in the U.S., like, the ideas of the circular economy being co-opted by, um, you know, companies or governments as a strategy of increased, all it is is about increasing efficiency of production and consumption, and therefore making more profit, you know, making growth more easy to come by. Um, but, you know, clearly, like we all know that what is required to address sort of the roots of ecological or climate crisis is actually to reduce the scale of production and consumption and to move away from economies that are organized around profit and to sort of reimagine social well-being outside of growth. Um, I've been involved in water struggles and land struggles here in, in San Antonio for 15 years or so, and, and it's just apparent to me that like one of the roots of those issues is this ideology of growth. You know, growth at any cost. Um, it's just this taken-for-granted uh, thing that, of course, you want economic development, and economic development means, un, you know, growth constantly with no end. And and so I'm wondering, um, how does the work you do or the circular economy emphasis intersect with, like, for example, degrowth movements, which I know have a lot more um, history in Europe than in the U.S. Like, in the U.S., we're only at the very, very beginning of, like, even thinking in those terms, right, um, to challenge that ideology of growth. Like, do y'all intersect very much with those movements, or how do you dialogue with the idea that we need to not just have a circular economy, but also degrow the economy in order to survive? I have... Um I have something to confess myself. Yes. I came from the from the dark side. I, <laughs> I've been in business administration for several years mm-hmm. until I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm afraid that in at some level the, the politics and market and are really related. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a fact. It's a fact. However that now in the last uh, market surveys, the sustainability, circular economy, and this kind of sensitiveness, it's, um, it's been appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, uh, are uh, showing their interest for this kind of things in these market surveys. Right. So this uh, is becoming trendy, uh, and that's a fact. And this way, companies are now using these arguments to sell people their products. Right, right. And finally, it's uh, in some way, perhaps I'm pessimistic in this, but it's what rules the market. Right. So um, for me, perhaps it's a huge simplification of the problem, but the next time, then when you uh, be called for from some kind of call center making this kind of market surveys express this uh, this uh, this, uh, this point of view these uh, ideas uh, what do you prefer plastic or recycled paper um, do you like um, more public transport in your city things like that mm-hmm. that be clear in these surveys in this way in the that companies, that large companies, perhaps mm. say, well, we are going to less, uh, more, and 
perhaps we are going to make a happy world mm. if we work in this way. Mm -hmm. So in, in my work, I try to stay clear of the degrowth term because it's mm -hmm. a can be very toxic, especially mm -hmm. in the U.S. environment. And I personally view this more as the outcome of a more localized, more um, circular economy, mm -hmm. not as the starting point. And I think it's mostly about what we measure and how we measure things. So I don't think if we focus entirely on, on measurements such as GDP, then of course this looks bad, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where people then have then fear of losing something yeah. or missing out on opportunity. Whereas in reality, if I try to be a salesman, I'm trying to sell quality of living, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and, a, and a better overall um, feeling mm -hmm. and uh, better, better psychological health, better physical health. And that's, I think, more the direction I'm trying to yeah. take there in, in their argumentation. Uh, but they are, of course, very closely linked. And mm -hmm. I think we, we can see that also. You mentioned large corporations, and these are already challenges in itself. Uh, I think looking more locally means also looking more at smaller and medium-sized companies, yeah. and uh, which are more localized by its definition. Yeah, I think, um, I'm sorry, I think we've reached the, the limit of our durability for the day. We've got some obligations, um, but uh, we hope to see you all tonight. If not tonight, I think you may be sold out tomorrow. I can't remember what you I said about Monday. I think you can Monday always or... come. Okay. So, um, yeah. Squeeze in, squeeze in uh, on Monday. There's a little more room on Tuesday. Right. And do you want to make a pitch for folks that may be listening before to then to come out to the events? Yeah. For well, we have um, two events that are definitely open still. I'm not entirely sure about the lunch uh, event on Monday. So October 1st at uh, 5 p.m. at uh, University of Texas San Antonio, we have a lecture. Maybe Brendan, you want to say something about that? Yeah, it's the College of Architecture, Construction, and Planning, uh, and we're going to have uh, two of our, our guests speak on the topic radically collaborative, which is really about reimagining the way that society engages with materials and space and people and, and work. And so we're very excited about this. Uh, there's also a panel discussion afterwards. Um, and then, of course, on Tuesday, we have uh, the workshop uh, at UIW. And then uh, tonight is the, the town hall. Form, where we really do hope to learn at least as much from, from the public about San Antonio as, as we can share about what's happening in Europe. It was wonderful. We're just really thrilled to have you all here. And um, like I said, I hope you feel welcome and that we can you know, deepen some, some of these individual and um, localized and, um, concepts and collaborations. Um, if any of you are looking for a place to um, publish any of the ideas that sort of motivate your work, we're always, we always take contributing writers, so um, the uh, email address, you can send it to editor at deceleration.news. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. Well, well we do too, actually. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And we have your card.
Deceleration is a joint effort of uh, myself and my wonderful partner, Marisol Cortez. And uh, we blog, write, uh, every once in a while at deceleration.news and every once in a while throughout one of these podcasts. But we'll be trying to do uh, a little bit more as San Antonio uh, pushes through with his climate plan. Uh, a great opportunity for community dialogue. See you next time.